Amen. So, <clears throat> the message, this, the title of this message is called Mandate. Now, this came, it's a, it's a couple of different revelations that have come by, reason why I named it this. So we go to Isaiah 50 and 4. Isaiah 50 and 4. God is saying he has given us a well-instructed tongue. The, N, the NLT says words of wisdom, and the King James say tongue of the learned. So this is what God has given us, and he's given us this to speak a word in season. That's very important. We have to know what season it is. It says to them that are weary. So when that season comes, we need to be ready to hear, but also to speak. Now, this, the, the word mandate and this uh, revelation came. Uh, I was fasting for the family. Me and, me and uh, Zipporah was fasting. And I wanted to know what would God say to the family this year? What is the word for the family? And the word mandate came up. So I said, okay, mandate. The year mandate. And gave me some things to, to go through in terms of setting some goals um, that God would reach. So if we turn to Isaiah 35, verse 8 through 10. This is all we need to do is see. To see where God is taking his body. It's important. And it starts out saying, in a, in a way, in a highway shall be there. In a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those of the, of the wayfaring men. Uh, though fools shall not enter therein. Now, as I was reading this and looking what God is saying, he's saying, I'm preparing a highway, this highway of holiness that I want you to walk on. It's going to take you someplace. All right, and we're going to talk about what that place. And it's important, I looked up the word wayfaring, because that's one of the words you don't really hear a lot. But it says somebody that walks it out. And when God told Abraham, as far as your eye can see is yours, he came back later and said, everywhere that the sole of your feet shall walk on, you shall possess. So God is telling us something here. He's talking possession, and we need to take this way. In verse 9, it says, No lion shall be there, or any ravish beast uh, shall go thereon. It shall, be, it shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And verse 10 says, And the ransom of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy, and gladness, and sorrow, and singing, and signs shall flee away. So God is saying, on this particular road, this road, this highway called holiness, only those that are being redeemed shall go. Now, this is important because it takes something to get on that road. And as I was thinking and meditating upon this, I was thinking about the temple. That when they built the temple, they had already pre-cut the rocks. So they didn't have any hammers or anything. They just said it when they built the temple. So the noise of the shaping was done in secret. And a lot of times in our lives, what God is doing with us is in secret. We really, 
He's, he's doing it behind the scenes, working it out. Every situation, he's working that thing out. The prophecies of God that people have spoken over into your life. I know some of you, like me, I was wondering, when is this thing going to come to pass? All these words I'm getting, when is it going to happen? Amen? How can this be true? But then I realized film is developed in the dark room. Right? It goes into a dark room, and when it comes out of that dark room, it becomes clear what that image is. So we have to understand what God is doing. Even though we don't see it all, we got to know that he that has began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's doing this work in us. Now, as I was thinking about this highway and meditating, I said, what is this highway? Where is it leading to? And God gave me this. Saul was commanded by Samuel to go to the hill of God. Now, you got to understand what the hill of God was. Because the hill of God was a, was a fortress for the Philistines. They had drew a line there on the hill of God. Now, Saul was commanded to go to the hill of God, a stronghold, a garrison full of weapons. How many of you know that the devil is always throwing something at you, trying to stop you? All kind of weapons. Unbelief, or uh, it might be a relationship, whatever. He's always throwing things to try to stop us. And in 1 Samuel, that comes out of 1 Samuel 9 and 16, where, um, where Samuel told uh, Saul to go to the hill of God. Now God has commanded that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. So now, where are the gates of hell? So what I see that we should be on the edge of the, of the kingdom fighting so they won't overcome. We have to stop running like Pastor Keith loves to do the thing about the matrix. At some point, Neo stopped running and he went into uh, the agents and destroyed them. And so we have to stop running like Neo did in the matrix. Now, also, we have to understand what intercession does. Intercession opens up doors for us, positions of power, but we don't walk in them. So we intercede, we bring down strongholds, but we don't move in those places. We have to move into those places that are opened up by intercession. Amen? The Bible tells us that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Now, do you think they're just going to give it to us? No way. Amen? So, the, so, as we return to this hill of God, the road of holiness, number one, we must be redeemed. We have to believe on Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on the cross for us. That it paid the price for our sins, so we were bought back from the kingdom of darkness. We have to be redeemed. Number two, we have to have the character of God. Back in the late 80s, they had this thing, what would Jesus do? We have to have the character of God. We can't act out of character. Uh, there's some things that God wouldn't do. Amen? And number three, we must trust and obey. We have to trust his word, what he said, and obey when he says what, what we need to do. We trust in the way of God. In the words that he has you headed to. The prophecies that we were talking about. The shaping that he has. We got to trust that his plan is better than ours. Now, let me give you a secret that I've learned. 
This is a secret cause you, I'm going to give it to you free. Otherwise, I charge you a million dollars, but I'm going to give you this free, okay? And it's the, it's the secret to a great marriage, to a great relationship, to walking in fulfillment, and to being in peace in your life. Uh, to stop the fighting, the backbiting, to looking at somebody else. And the secret to it is this, contentment. That you have contentment. The Bible says that godly contentment is of great gain. That you are right. That you are right where God has you. You are right what God is doing in your life. See, you got to be at peace with yourself before you can be at peace with others. And contentment is that million dollar thing that we're looking for. That we don't jump ahead. We don't do what we want to do. We'll say, I'm okay, God. I'm going to wait on you. I'm not going to be so unimpatient that I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to jump the gun. I'm content with what you're doing in my life. In Romans 8 and 18, it says this. You can turn now, Romans 8 and 18. And it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to, to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. See, God has a plan. He wants to reveal us. But he has to shape in us first uh, this mandate. Mandate means the right to rule. So he's given us a right to step into these areas. Amen. He's given us a right to step into these areas. Now, you don't see yourself. You can't see yourself as a grasshopper. Now, do you know that 3% of the population are the gatekeepers of wealth? Only 3%. So as I go back thinking about this hill of God... I look at the areas that we must conquer, seven areas of influence that the church has to step into in order to, for the people to rejoice. The Bible says when the righteous are in the power, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, the people suffer. Now these are seven areas of influence that we have to look at stepping into as a body. The church, well, we got that down packed. We, we, we got the church part down packed. We can go win souls. We can do all that. We got church down packed. But some of the other things we ignore, such as family. Every nation, and the Bible says a nation is but a man. Every nation has to have a strong family. So we have to make sure that our families are strong. Number three is education. We need to step into the educational field. And take it over. How many know that I don't see the government ever supposed to be responsible for teaching our children? It was always the church. And somehow it switched over and the government started educating our children. It's the church. Number four, government. That the church has to step in this area of government. When the righteous are in power, the people rejoice. Number five would be medias. And number six, arts. And number seven, commerce or money. Now, the Bible says that Satan is the god of the air. Amen? And we see, this, we see in um, Exodus, was it in Exodus? Uh, when Darius was, um, when Daniel, it's the book of Daniel. When Daniel was praying, and he was praying for an answer. And God said he answered him immediately, but 
the prince of Persia held back the answer. The prince of Persia in the air held back the answer. He had to send Michael, the archangel, to fight to get that answer through to Daniel. So look at, if you look around, you look at the airways. What's on TV? Let's educate our children. What's on the radio, the music? Let's educate our kids. You know, I remember a while back, I think, I, I just before, this was um, a song by Snoop Dogg. I forget what it was, but he was singing. And I hated the beat of the song. I just hated the song. But they played it so much. You say, okay, I like that. They, they, they overwhelm you with it, okay? And that's, we, we need to take over those areas. Meter, uh, the media, and the arts, and commerce. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have made some bad decisions in my life based on money. I stayed in situations way too long because of money. Or I made really bad decisions because of money. And I'm thinking, this ain't even a God system. It's set up by Satan. But look how much we put into money. And it controls us. We can't let it control us. We have to let God provide for us. And money will come. Money answers all things. But God provides the money. Amen? Amen. So we have to make sure that we're not overcome by any of these situations. These are areas that God has given us a mandate to take over. To take over. Amen? And as I said, a nation is but a man. So God has declared that we are the head and not the tail. That we are the head and not the tail. So we have to get the enemy's voice out of our head and know that God can make all things possible. And we have to get that voice. And maybe it may have came from our childhood where a person in authority told you you weren't nothing and weren't going to be nothing. And we have to get those voices out of our head. We are in God's kingdom. Now, what does it mean to be in God's kingdom? Is that we do it God's way. And we're in the kingdom of God. God has a way of it to work in his kingdom. And we have to know that God's way equals his kingdom. And this mandate, this right to rule, we have. Now, in a couple of areas here, in Matthew 28, it tells us this. That we need to go into all the earth preaching and teaching and taking over these seven areas of influence I have out here the church honor family strength education the wisdom government power media blessings arts the glory uh, commerce uh, the riches the money system we have to take over this now a lot of times as I'm reading this and God's giving me these things. I'm trying to find examples in the Bible. I always I just want to check the Bible out. You know, the Bible says with uh, every um, there needs to be two or three witnesses to establish the word. So I looked at Daniel. Look, Daniel was in a place of leadership. He he was running things. And then I looked at Joseph. He did the same thing. Now we're under a better covenant. The Bible says, why aren't we doing these things? Amen. We're under better covenant than they were so we are the heads and not the tail in the book of revelations 4 and 4 through 5 it talks about these seven spirits of God 
and what they are. See, God has, God has gifted us. One thing that I've, I've learned is that as God lays something on your heart, you really need to go toward that thing. And, let, and as, he moves to, as, as you move toward these things, God continues to open doors for you. See, we can't pray about things and pray about things and never take any action. We have to move in the thing that we believe God has, has us in, and we got to step forth in that thing. Whatever it calls for, we have to be willing to do as being the redeemed. Now, I, I give you a testimony uh, on that. God gave me a vision of, of a business, and uh, it, was, it was when I was preaching, uh, it, was just, it was a message called Metamorphosis, and I, um, I preached that message, and I started looking at that message and going back through it, and I was looking at what God was taking me through stages in life. I look back on every message I had preached was talking about a stage in life where I was. I was like, oh man, I didn't even see this. God was showing me, okay, you're right here. You're right here. I think it was like, it's a notebook full of messages that God had given me. And I was seeing how God was, what he was doing as I was looking back. And so I looked at that. It's going to be a book. But um, one thing that, um, that God said, I was in a couple of business deals that were not, we weren't in agreement, okay? Um, and, and it's so important that if you're going to make business deals, that you make big business deals that you are equally yoked. You can't have Mr. Muslim over here, Mr. Christian here, and Jehovah's Witness over here, and y'all trying to believe for, for the same thing. You can't do that. And the thing that kept stepping out to me was God said, he'll bless the hand, he'll bless you, he'll bless the work of your hands. Your hands. And I kept that just kept staying on me. So what I did was I looked at the message again. And from that message, I uh, talked to pastor about it, um, about starting a business. I was like, I believe I need to do this because um, God says he'll bless the work of your hands. So I stepped out and I started a business. Now, I asked God, I'm like the Gil Gillian in chapter 6 of Judges, you know, about the fleece, you know, it's just wet on this side. Okay, now I make it wet on this side. You know, <laughs> sometimes you go through that, but I want to make sure this was a move of God. So, and to take an idea that God has given you and bring it out of the spiritual into something physical, it is so, it is, it's, it's amazing to me how, how that happens, that God gives you uh, something and you and you you work and bring it up to pass. So um, so I did that. I started a business, and um, there was a lot to learn. There was some curves, and sometimes you know when you're um, moving into the things of God, I found out people can see a lot of times that God is moving with you, and they want to connect with you because they want to ride your coattail. Or they want to, you know, sometimes sabotage. So you, you have to be mindful of that when it comes to business. All these seven areas of influence, you have to be mindful. Um, so, um, so the first month in the business, so I have an office now on Mallet Creek. 
Now this is this is all just come to pass in like uh, less than a month, right? Less than a month, and not bragging, but I'm just saying, God, um, um, I made my first two weeks in the business almost thirty thousand dollars. Just the first two weeks in the business, you know. So God was showing me, I got you. And one of the things that we had did when we were writing down the uh, the things for the family, the vision for the family was, I believe God that in three months I will be at a hundred thousand dollars, and things are, are really happening. I, and I said for the year I want to be at three point five million. So as God is doing these things, prayer is so important because of the fact that you have to be mindful what you say, but with the enemy. He'll try to take you out. This car wreck, I told my wife, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't by accident. I mean, I was minding my own business, obeying the law, and out of nowhere, I'm hit. And, you know, so I told, I told my wife, I was saying, you know, th this is a really hard word kind of to, um, but it's got to get out. The people have to think different, you know, have to think different. The body of Christ has to think different from what we've been thinking. Cause and God are blessed. So in Michael, uh, the fourth chapter, verse one through two, if we can turn there, because I believe God is doing something for the whole body to take us. Micah, Micah. Oh, I'm sorry, Micah, Micah. <laughs> we got the Bible scholars back there. <laughs> uh, chapter four, verse one. Uh, two, three, through, through verse one and two. But in the last days, it shall come to pass. Everybody got that? Okay, I want you to see what God is doing now, because this came by. It, it was it, we was fasting, and mandate came up. So all these things, all these revelations were coming up, and I had to search them out and see what God was really saying. So right here, He says this. But in the last days, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord shall be established now we, we now back in uh Samuel we saw they call it the hill of God right it was the hill of God and in the mountain it says shall be established and the top of the mountain it shall be exalted above the hills so now the mountain has taken over the hills is it exalted God is moving his church up and the people shall flow unto it this highway called holiness. There you go. And people sh shall flow unto it in a way, a highway is being built. Nations shall come and say, come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord. And he will teach us of his ways and walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion, the church. Zion is the church. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So God is calling us to a place of ruling and reigning. He said that we are kings and priests. And he's calling us for to rule and to reign in those areas. Whatever he's calling us for. Calling you for. You got to know that. Uh, and as kings and priests, prophets, prophets uh, signify warfare. The priests worship. The king ruler with influence. So we're to be in these areas having influence. So let's get another witness. Let's turn to Isaiah, the second chapter, and the second verse. 
Let everything be established with two or three witnesses. Isaiah 2, verse 2. And it says this. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord, the house shall be established in the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow unto it. So he's telling us this road, this highway called holiness. How many of you know what holiness takes? It takes sanctification, being set apart. Amen. Being spirit led. In Romans chapter 6 it talks about this. That we are to be spirit led. Amen. That we need to modif modify, mortify our members. And we need to be spirit led. Period. To walk on this highway called holiness. Amen. Now in Proverbs 9. Uh, let's turn to Proverbs 9. And seven has a significance about it. And as we see here in Proverbs 9, verse 1 through 6, it says this. I still hear a few pages. Are we there? All right. It says this. Wisdom has built her house, and she have hewed it out. Excuse me. The seven pillars. She have killed the beast. She have mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth the maidens. She cried upon the highest place of the city. Whosoever is simple, let him turn and hither as for him that wanted understanding. I can't probably read my own right. I need to go to the Bible. And it says this, though. Um, she said to him, come, eat of my bread. And drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live. And go into the way of understanding. You see that tells me. Jesus said. He came to save that which was lost. And see when, 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 when Adam lost some things. He lost ruler and kingship over a lot of things. That's why in Matthew. When he showed Jesus the, the, the kingdoms. He said you can have this. And I, I believe these kingdoms represent these things in society because if you want to run a society, you take over these seven areas, you got it. You can run, you can build or run any society over these seven areas. And he's called us to do the greater works. And greater works, I believe, are these works that we need to conquer, these areas that we need to conquer. Amen. And these areas again are the church, family, education, government, media, arts, and commerce. And a lot of times, you know, I, I, I was listening to this guy, um, this minister, talk about how church people don't need to be involved in like TV. But it's so many times I see, if I look at a commercial, it's telling a story. If you look at commercials today, you can really tell what they're trying to push behind the scene. How they slide certain things in and it's, and it's off. But your mind catches it. You say, okay, that must be the normal. You know, a couple of things uh, I've seen, um, but 
anyway, uh, a couple of things I seen in commercials, and I was like, wow, they threw that in like right before the commercial went out to mess with you, you know? So now people are constantly seeing this, then all of a sudden wrong becomes right. Because you, they painted a picture in your head now. And so you're looking at TV, it's, 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 it's programming you. It's programming you. But the Bible says in uh, Romans uh, 12 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is the battleground. And once we realize to shut out the voices, once we realize we have to shut out the voices, all the voices, except God's voice. Hear God's voice. The Bible says that every voice has a significant. Every voice is significant. It's set out to do something. Pastor Melanie was talking last night about the spirits behind the words, right? The spirits behind the words. Every word is not empty. And I think, uh, I couldn't talk um, the other night. I think it was um, Ed, Pastor Melanie, because I felt like if I started talking, I just bleed out my message. That's like, okay, I got to hold this because, you know, it was it just so on it, you know, that where God is taking it. And once we realize that words have spirits behind them, no, nobody's just saying things to you just to be saying things. It's a, it's, it's a work behind it. Even God's words say, his word should go forth and shall not come back void, but it will accomplish that which is sent out to do. So if God's word is that powerful to accomplish things, and we're made in the image of God. How powerful are our words? So we have to tame the tongue. We just can't be loose with the tongue. Because we're putting stuff out there that later on we're going to have to face. We're saying things. We're building mountains that one day we're going to have to conquer. So we have to know. Watch that mouth. Watch that tongue. Don't just say everything. I remember when I first came to Ayers. If I saw it, I was going to say it. And, and the pastor had great grace on me with that. Because if I saw it, I was going to say it. And he said, you can't say everything. And I realized, no, you can't. But I wanted to, but you can't. <laughs> you can't say everything. Some things are meant just to take the prayer. Amen? To pray about, you know. And, and you can't let the right hand know what the left is doing all the time. You know, God, God I know pastor, um, has said to me before, let God uh, uncover you, or and more or less exalt you. Let God do it. Don't do it in yourself. Because years ago, when I first um, was uh, in ministry, um, and um, I seen those guys like Miles, Turner Nelson, Miles Monroe, Turner Nelson, Berger Bear, uh, uh, Varner, Dr. Varner, Mark Sherrill, all those guys who just started out, and I was around that, and I saw them going on circuit. Like, you know, it's like, you got to go on circuit. Circuit, you know, you get $2,000 to go speak here and there, and it wasn't happening for me, and, and I got discouraged, and I was like, well, mm. so I started trying to position myself, and then once I decided, you know what, it's God. If it happened, it happened. If it don't, it don't. And then it happened, you know. So take your hands out what you believe God has for you and just flow it. Prepare. The biggest thing is to prepare. Um, I think about the civil rights movement. Uh, Martin Luther King, 
he he not what they actually wanted, but he was prepared. He was in place to do the to do the uh, the leadership of it of the southern southern Christian leadership. So a lot of times, what God is doing with us is just preparing us, and then an opportunity will come open for us to step into as we continue to underline what He's doing with prayer and supplications. He will open those doors, and when we hear "step in," we need to step in. Amen. 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 That's the word I have for you today. Amen. Praise God.